Christina Aguilera with I'm Okay. Welcome back to another episode of PTS Dish Surviving Nelly. Hope everyone has had a smooth week and don't forget to vote. We are one and a half week away from election, guys. Vote, vote, vote. If you've had the chance to listen to the, or if you have the chance to listen to the full song of, that I just played, Please do. When I first heard it, I was in tears because everything in this song is what today's podcast will be about. One of my toughest, yes, yet longest ones. And I'm splitting into two, so this is part one of my monster episode. After the first two episodes, you can now imagine that this podcast is about child abuse, domestic violence, and silence that many of us keep to ourselves in fear of judgment and shame. Thank you to everyone that's been reaching out and asking if I'm okay. <laughs> I'm in a better, much better place now. And because I'm more mentally stable and I'm finally breaking from those chains, I'm here to speak up and let others know it's okay. Sometimes speaking with people that you don't know can help so much. And for me, this has been a big relief. As mentioned in the last podcast, statistics that I pull are from darknesstolight.org. So if anyone is interested in researching more deeply, this website contains a lot of very good information. Um, so before I start explaining where I am now and how I have accomplished, 
everything that I have and manage to survive through everything that you guys will soon find out. I want to get my full story out. So thank you ahead of time for listening, for following my episodes, for showing so much respect that it's encouraging me more to continue with this and keep making a difference because it's making a difference. So have you wondered what perpetrators of child abuse look like? We don't. Those who molest look and act just like everyone else. There are people who have or will sexually abuse children in churches, schools, and sometimes where we least expect it. They can be anywhere from friends, strangers, family members, men, women, even boys and girls. About 90% of victims know their abusers. 30% are abused by family members. 60% are abused by people that they know. The younger the victim, the more probability that the abuser is a family member. What is the reporting rate of these crimes? Child Protective Services investigates 55% of the incidents reported to them. The rest are screened out for not enough evidence. Research estimates 38% of victims disclose that they've been abused, but the disclosure most of the time is disclosed to a friend. Often, the friend never reports because they're made to keep it a secret. At least for me, when I started sharing it to individuals that I trusted, I always told them, please just listen, don't judge me, and never, never tell no one about this again. It's incredible to know how much victims are out there and could be more if more of us come out. So, enough with the numbers. Now, for the tough part. So, after the babysitter moved away, my grandma started taking care of us. And this was about the age of six and a half, seven. Everything seemed to be going perfectly well. For a while, for once, I felt like I could play, run, without worrying that my brother would be harmed or without worrying that I had to do something for our day to go by smooth. I was finally being a kid. Just when you think life's going great, Nelly, bam! Another train hits me. But this train, this train was longer and heavier. For 15 years, I lived in, a, in an abusive family. My biological father, or should I say my sperm donor, was very machista. And machista is um, a man that feels entitled to rule his family how he wants and not allow any other thoughts besides his and what he says goes. So this was him. 
He would hit my mom. He would hit us. He would manipulate and brainwash us so good that we learned to live, quote unquote, that normal life. At night, I can't call him my dad, so I'll refer him as my sperm donor, as the monster. Let's call him the monster. <laughs> well, at night, somehow he would force and convince my mom to sleep with my brother. And he, sleeps, he, slept, he would sleep with me. Every night he did, my heart would pound so fast. My hands would get sweaty, cold, shivery. I guess that's, that's what you called anxiety, right? And I didn't know. I was just seven. I didn't know what anxiety was. I just know I didn't feel good. <sighs> Sorry. my And if we would say no, we weren't allowed to say no to him, actually. Or else we would get beaten. As I would fall asleep, he would turn on the television and put porn on. So low so my mom wouldn't hear. I would cover myself with blankets to not see, to not hear, and hope that because I was asleep, he wouldn't do anything. But guess what? I was wrong again. He would undress me, grab my hand, touch himself until he finished. He would grab a towel and clean me. Just when I thought he was done, he would lay me on top of him. Stroking me up and down his penis. I was so shocked, scared, that if I said something, he would do something worse to us. And the last thing that I wanted to see is for my mom and brother to be hurt because I decided to speak up. So I just stayed quiet every day and I prayed it would one day be over. Sadly, it continued. Until I was 13, he was more cautious, of course. When I would get home from school, he would ask me to lift up my shirt so he could see how my breasts were growing. He would give me the excuse that he needed to see if I was going through puberty properly. He would stare at me, stare at me for long minutes then asked to pull my pants down to see if I had pubic hair yet. Again, he would just stare. And eventually, tell me I was looking good. <laughs> Sometimes when he knew I would be getting home alone and that nobody was going to be home, I would find him in the living room naked, pretending to be asleep with the TV on and, of course, watching porn. I didn't know what he was expecting, so just walk away like I didn't see anything, go to my room, and stay. One thing I, for sure I knew is that I was done being his slave. I started distancing myself at the age of 14. I started playing baseball. I did dance. I did volleyball. I did the most I could to not get home, all to keep myself away from home and come as late as possible to not have to see that monster.
he eventually got fed up made an excuse that because i got in trouble i had to stop being doing sports he took me from doing anything just so i can be at home to my mom and family he somehow brainwashed them into believing i was just rebellious a liar and a selfish person so if one day i decided to speak up no one would believe me and yes i was acting out i was cutting myself i was purposely failing school i started drinking but all because i didn't know how to react to what was going on if i speak up everyone thinks i'm a liar a troublemaker so what's the point like everything else i just swallowed i dug at it and dug it under my carpet and kept moving on that's when i knew i was or felt i was completely alone i started working at 15 saving up to buy my own things be more girly cuz to the monster doing your nails doing your hair wearing girly clothes was being a puta a whore so my goal was to leave the house at the first opportunity that i had by working hard and those who remember i used to work at this ice cream place right in front of the high school um under the table of course but it helped me and learn to be independent and helped me mature of course more than i already had and i just enjoyed that time because i was able to be myself i was working but i was being myself as for my mom she's the most caring the most sweetest person in the world she has the my most respect cuz of everything she's put up with she was 14 when she had me my sperm donor was 23 she was just a kid she didn't know better she was being abused too without realizing it and raising a child when she herself was trying to raise herself so to tell her what was going on i was 15 she was 25 i felt she would feel so devastated and guilty when nothing was her fault i was scared that my news would kill her so instead any argument that they had i'd use it as an opportunity to tell her to convince her to leave him that we would be good without him i embedded that in her mind for a whole year and kept telling her and telling her until she finally did but i never told her why i didn't want him around anymore again even though he was gone i still had that fear that people would call me a liar because at a young age i was taught that we do what men ask from the babysitter to my very own blood to the male fig- figure who was supposed to protect me 
and show me how a man should treat a woman, how a, tr- a man should treat his little girl. Not do the same. This impacted me so much, impacted my self-respect, my worth, my self-esteem, that I started doing decisions that now in my state of mind today, I would never do. Traumas, yes, many of us go through it. But the way we react to it is what will shape us. Over the years, I've learned that I have two options. Either let go and let those traumas build me into a better person. After all, what doesn't kill us only makes us stronger, right? Or I can choose to let it take over my life, be miserable and drag those that love me with me and lose the opportunity to accomplish happiness. So if you're in a similar position, you're not alone. Nobody is alone. I, I'm, even though you don't know me, I'm here to talk. I don't judge. I'm here to understand and listen. And if you don't need advice, I'm just here to listen. And I'm sure you have probably people around you that are ready to listen to you. Take your time. We all need our own time and we all speak out at our own time. I can just say that these last three years that I started speaking up, my life has changed for the better. And I've become more secure of myself. My self-esteem has been (laughs) over the roof. And I can't complain where I'm at now. Because again, I decided to let those traumas shape me into a better person. And now with the kid, teach my son that secrets are not okay. That he can tell me anything he wants and no matter how much it can hurt me, we will get through it together. This is it for today's episode, guys. And as mentioned in the, at the beginning, this, is, this was part one of my monster era. So stay tuned next week for part two. Take care. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. Remember to smile because life has so much more to offer than what we satisfy ourselves for. Love you all.